This is Alan Appel, and you are listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH 103.5 FM and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Time-traveling community radio in the Elm City. Uh, Thank you for joining me on this September 30th, and I'm here uh, with my regular co-pilot, Jason Bischoff-Wurzel from the New Haven Museum. Hi, Jason. Hi, Alan. So, Jason, we are... uh, uh, looking at the explosive year 1876, explosive both because of the incredibly um, significant election of 1876 that uh, saw Rutherford B. Hayes become president and also um, led to the uh, oppressive life for African Americans in the South, which led to their migration to cities of the North, like New Haven. Um, In short, it was one of those um, moments in history that you sometimes point to over the um, uh, year and a half, year plus of our broadcast that really pushed the arc of history significantly. Um, But today we're not looking at that, which we talked about in the previous days. We're we're looking at what could have been an incredibly dangerous moment um, here in New Haven because we're the home of the Winchester Repeating Arms Factory. Yes, and so this is a follow-up, and this was news, uh, obviously, so much of a concern and a, a mild controversy here in New Haven that a couple of days later, they followed up on our story that we mentioned the other day on Wednesday, being the careless powder carriers and the correspondent dynamite right, writing into the Palladium. Because if memory serves, Jason, the two days previous on Monday, everybody noticed a thousand kegs of powder delivered to the port. Yes. Then on Wednesday, this guy Dynamite says, you're driving those wagons full of uh, gunpowder barrels right on Hillhouse Avenue, and your drivers are smoking their pipes. Yes. So Whoa. the controversy here was in the middle of the posh, uh, expensive uh, neighborhood, the most high-end neighborhood in the city, these uh, giant kegs of uh, gunpowder were being transported by uh, gentlemen that were smoking pipes. So Winchester's reputation, as well as the reputation of this transport company, are being called into serious doubt. Yes. Therefore, somebody unsigned uh, wrote into um, the Daily Palladium from which you're going to read. Yes. So this is in, uh, in reaction. Carding gunpowder. To the editor of the Palladium, I trust and am ready to believe that your correspondent, quote, dynamite, is mistaken in in supposing that the drivers of the powder wagons practice smoking while on duty. But I have for a long time been very positive in my opinion that the storage or the transporting of any explosive within the limits of a populous town should be absolutely prohibited. Several weeks ago, I was assured by our worthy mayor and by the fire marshal that the gunpowder used for filling cartridges at the Winchester Company's works was landed, handled, and wagoned under the fire marshal's personal supervision and that every precaution was taken to avoid the danger of explosion. Well, the, good. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. So they're, they're just saying whoever dynamite is, it's a, he, that person is spreading malign rumors. They are. I mean, they're, they're really getting into it. They happen to mention that the storehouse is in Hamden, so that's interesting, and all powder not used in any one day is returned to the magazine at evening. So let it let them get blown up in Hamden. We're, we're safe in New Haven. <laughs> yeah, see? It's that's nice. This is the thoughtful writer. Let's yeah, go on. Yeah, exactly. 
But while the chance of explosion is very slight, perhaps only as one is, as in 50,000. In 50, How they get that, I don't know. Yes, that's, those are some interesting odds. The result of an actual explosion in any of our thickly settled neighborhoods would assuredly be fearful loss of life and the instant leveling to the ground of all houses within a considerable radius, probably one of 500 to 1,000 yards, perhaps even more. Right. So that's a, that's a substantial situation if that went off. Do you ever see signs uh, when you drive around that say thickly settled? <laughs> there actually, there actually are road signs. I think that he's using this phrase "thickly settled," so it must refer to a certain density of population. It does. It does. All right. Well, anyway, this writer has not finished. To the thoughtful mind, it must therefore seem no more than just to the community that the law against storage and transportation of dangerous explosives within the limits of the city, which law I understand exists should be rigidly and impartially enforced. And that if there is no such law now existing, the sooner it shall be enacted, the better for our city and its inhabitants. And it's actually signed, but you, you, your photocopy cuts off the name of the signer. Uh, yes, yes it does. <laughs> but so basically, this, this, this person here, they're kind of, they're saying that dynamite's wrong, but then trying to really just drive their point home that they either think this is what's happening, but if it's not happening, it should happen. Am but, I am I missing something here? Yeah, I, I mean I, I mean the, it, it seems to suggest that there that there is no law, but there should be. Uh, people are dancing around it, maybe for legal reasons. It's but it's un it's unclear just. Um, uh, what you know? What is being? Who's accusing who of what? Right, right. It's trying to say that dynamite's wrong. People aren't smoking. The fire marshal's watching that. It happens to get stored in Hamden, so they're like, it's Hamden. Well, well, if it blows up in Hamden, we don't have to worry well, about that's, that. That's right. And um, you know, it, so it occurred to me um, to to try to look up to see if indeed. Uh, there have been serious explosions in New Haven because the city is certainly in the 19th and the 20th century up to World War II is so associated with Winchester repeating arms. Um, and also Marlin firearms. And Marlin firearms and lots of stuff comes in, in the harbor and it gets transported. It, you know, uh, it, it's the city it, on some level is a little bit like, uh, you know, an area uh from the point of view of you know shot and shell and powder like transporting flammable fluids yeah. you know like uh, on train cars that yeah. occasionally explode it would have been disastrous for new haven had there been explosions or repeated explosions so jason my question to you since i know you know you're you're in charge of the archive of all kinds of stuff over at the museum including uh, materials from winchester the company, which we have looked at, they're nice newsletters. Were there explosions, to your knowledge, that um, you know that were of such uh, serious size that uh, they became national news and somehow um, tainted the reputation of the city? To my knowledge, no. All right. At this point. At this point, but in a second, you're going to hear about something uh -oh. because there is a site on the web where that the somebody loves disasters, and. Um, I found the most serious 
disaster in the history of the Winchester Arms Factory up to the year 1897. So I can't vouch for anything after 1897. All right. But apparently there was an accident, and uh, the headline, in I doesn't cite the newspaper, the headline was a child bride was among the dead. So the accident occurred in the loading room in July of 1897 while in full operation, and the building uh, wrecked the powder in one of the automatic machines and exploded from an unknown cause. So there was a dispatch from New Haven and that says the most, they quote, the most serious explosion in the long history of Winchester occurred 20 minutes to 10 o'clock Wednesday morning in the loading department of the cartridge section of the factory. Okay. Four women and three men were killed almost instantly. And then... Um, our program this week has been quite bloody. We had an, we had uh, uh, we had uh, some grim stuff with um, uh, the South, and um, we had an aeronaut who got stuck up to his knees, but plummeted from the sky. The in list Illinois. the list of the dead in this Winchester factory includes Edward Bardoff, who was 21 years old, with his left hip blown off and the side of his body badly mangled. He died in hospital. Uh, Nellie Bauermeister, 16 years old, of Hampton, she was killed. Uh, Julius Borman Jr., 17 years old, a powder boy, he was killed instantly. Josephine Brennan, an 18-year-old orphan, killed instantly. Mrs. Ida Brown, 30 years old, her head was blown off, it says. Isn't this incredibly, I mean, this is um, (laughs) amazing to me, the graphic quality of this. Walter Hill, powder boy, spine broken, right shoulder crushed. And then it lists everybody else who was injured. But the question is, so that happened within... In the factory. In the factory. And that stands to reason. I'm sure there's uh, many, many cases of injury and what have you, probably on a daily basis. But did it happen on the streets? No. And that's what they're getting at here, again, in 1876. The Palladium has issued a response and they say there's no danger from powder our correspondent quote dynamite is undoubtedly in error so the person writing in and saying stirring this all up saying that they're smoking pipes moving gunpowder around they're saying here's here's the word powder is not transported through the city as he thinks it is It goes in air and watertight kegs, and all of it under the careful supervision of Fire Marshal Kennedy. The Fire Marshal denies most emphatically that nearly every driver smokes, this is the quote, a pipe while engaged on his perilous mission. That's what Dynamite had said. The Fire Marshal saying no. He denies, in short, that any driver does so but says that the most watchful care is exercised by every person engaged in the business. The wagons carrying the, quote, barrels of powder, spoken of by, quote, dynamite, really contained empty metallic cartridge shells, Ah. about as harmless an article as one can conceive of. So what you have here in 1876 is a lot of rousing the public up and... Well, kinda, it's kind of like typical, in a way, uh, local local gossip, 
and and stirring it up. Well, I think there's there's more going on here, Jason. I think that uh, people are reassuring themselves and the world at large that this is a safe city. Because well, this, this, as you know, this Winchester Firearms Company was the lifeblood economically of New Haven. And if bad stuff happened, if there were lax rules and if guys were smoking their pipes and tossing, uh, you know, sparks, um, it, 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 it really could have uh, prevented the development of the city. Exactly. So it's serious business. So and people were, were on point. They were getting their job done. And oh, the fire marshal made sure to, to basically, you know... Cut, cut this business, right? wrap this up this week and say, hey, uh-uh, we got this covered, folks. That's right. And, and if this Safety first, New Haven. Right. And these, these things that we're reading don't sound like they were written by lawyers as they would be uh, written today, but they very much were the same purpose, which was to, which was to cover people legally and to provide uh, public assurance. Because in, like in this... Um, very bloody uh, account of the 1897 explosion at the factory. Uh, this was picked up uh, by a newspaper in New Jersey, which is what I was reading from. So these things got around. Uh, mm -hmm. New, ha New Haven, New Haven's uh, uh, companies um, had to be not only productive but safe. Anyway, 1876. Uh, these this, these days. Um, it was were, quite a week. Were quite quite a week in politics and at the. Um, cartridge factory yes jason thank you for joining us uh, uh, uh here at this day in new haven history i'll see you next week thank you very much stay tuned and have a great weekend folks